Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast. The Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Online, on DAB, and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. By the Transport Secretary Grant Shapps, who last night at about 9.45 announced that anyone returning from holiday in France, or indeed from business in France, or indeed French people uh, coming to the UK, would face two weeks quarantine as of four o'clock on Saturday morning due to the rising rate of infections in France. Good morning to you, Transport Secretary. Morning, Julia, and I'm sorry about your holiday. Well, I'm sorry about yours as well. You were affected when you went to Spain, quarantine, so you've been affected. And then by introduced the... quarantine on myself. That's right, I did, and I returned home and I'm, I'm finally out of it, yeah. It's a bit of a first world problem when people are losing their lives, losing their jobs, their livelihoods. We accept that. But we are talking about huge numbers of people affected when you did the quarantine in Spain. Uh, and there was no notice, just a few hours notice for people. Realistically, no one could get home. You've given um, the 500,000 Brits in currently in France uh, a chance to, to have an attempt at getting home, getting to the ferries, getting to the planes. Um, and, and of course, uh, another 450,000, including myself, having to decide whether or not we go or not. Um, why are these quarantines brought in at such short notice? Um, and, and why is a quarantine announced at 9.45 in the evening? My understanding was that the advice had been given to the government to start the quarantine uh, early in the morning. No, that's not the case. So let me just try and sort of clear all of those things up. Um, first of all, the, the French government didn't publish the information till uh, yesterday uh, evening, uh, I think 5pm. Uh, that then has to be sort of crunched by the UK Joint Biosecurity Centre. Advice then has to come up to ministers. Ministers then have to meet. The devolved administrations have to meet. Uh, those are the reasons why it takes um, a, a few hours from the information coming out till 9.45, but not, not, not terribly long. We, we were straight onto it. Um, the, the other point, though, is an interesting one, which is, you know, in the case of um, Spain, as I well know, and to my direct cost, we introduced the quarantine almost uh, immediately. With Spain, the numbers had gone very, very quickly, suddenly a long way north of the kind of cutoff point, which is we look at the uh, number of cases per 100,000 of the population on a seven day rolling average. Uh, and it had gone a long way north of the 20 figure in Spain. So we acted very quickly. Since then, actually, last week, for example, Belgium um, came in and we did this system where we announced on Thursday night and then uh, brought it in at 4 a.m. 
on Saturday uh, morning. It does mean that some people may be able to uh, return. It's a combination of practicality, for example, making sure that border force are ready to enforce the new uh, regime uh, uh, and, uh, and, and, um, and sort of practicality, really. That's really uh, what leads to um, these different times. Also making sure that the whole of the United Kingdom can move yeah. on it at the same time, which is always preferable rather than having... You know, Scotland doing one thing, Wales doing something else, Northern Ireland and England Indeed. But moving these, in different ways. But a lot of people still very cross, and not just people like me who have been affected by this, by these sort of blanket bans. We know where there are problems in France. The French Prime Minister, the French President Emmanuel Macron have both been very clear about this. We know it's in Brittany, it's around the Marseille area, it's around Paris. Uh, and we have had this with Spain, where, you know, Balearic Islands and the Canary Islands included, uh, and into the Costa del Sol, where there hasn't been a massive high rate of infections, um, whereas uh, they were also affected by this blanket ban wouldn't it be more sensible as we're doing in the uk of having local lockdowns in areas where there are higher infections that we give sensible advice and allow sensible you know, people who, who say don't go to this area or that area that is unsafe we advise against that travel but everywhere else is safe wouldn't it be better to be a little bit more specific rather than a big blanket ban that affects effectively a million people Yes, it becomes, I mean, obviously, this is something we've been looking at a lot. It becomes quite difficult to say within a country that you're traveling back from, uh, you're OK if you've gone here, you can't go to, to here. It's pretty fluid, the movement within a country. And we were, for example, studying the graphs and, and charts. And I was talking to my opposite number, uh, Jean-Baptiste uh, de Barge, yesterday about the spread in France. Uh, a lot of where the higher cases are, Paris and the northwest and the south coast are actually the holiday um, destinations as, as well. So it didn't prove practical. I, I take your point, and it's something that we continue to look at, particularly with regard to, to, to islands, for, for example, rather than within a country. But it's not quite as straightforward as it, it sounds um, to do that. And uh, it, it, there's also within our own country, within the United Kingdom now, because we have testing of uh, you know something like a third of a million per day, and we're going up to half a million per day. Just to put that in proportion, I think the, the French um, uh, 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 testing is, is quite a long way behind that right now, uh, according to the conversation I had yesterday with my opposite number. Um, we have um, obviously much more granular information about what's happening in this country and in each local authority. We just don't have access to that kind of information in lots of places. And as the French Prime Minister Jean Castex said this week, unfortunately, France has been going the wrong way. And we saw the 66% increase in just a week of positive uh, okay. tests in France. And we simply had to act. Well, but here's the thing where lots of people get confused and, and think this is all unreasonable. So, so somebody who's been in France for the last two weeks, if they can get on a ferry or a plane or get on the, the, you know, the Eurotunnel uh, by 4am tomorrow... They they don't have to quarantine. So so I I, I you know I've got friends who if they got back at three fifty nine a.m. tomorrow, not a problem, not considered a risk. Oh, at four oh one, suddenly yeah. they're a terrible risk. They've got to take two weeks off work, probably unpaid. Um, kids have to miss the first couple of days of school. Um, I mean, obviously there has to be a cutoff point. And again, you were hit by that cutoff point uh, when you went to Spain. But but do you see why a lot of people just think there is a ridiculousness to this? I mean, for instance, also, I you know I could go to France now, and then at the end of my holiday, instead of getting my flight back, uh, coming back directly from France, I could drive to Germany or Italy where there isn't a restriction, and then I could fly from there, uh, and then I wouldn't be facing a quarantine. I mean, th you there is would absurdity. Be yeah, no, you would be facing quarantine uh, on that basis because it applies to where you've been in the 14 days beforehand. Okay. So right. uh, and you must write that on your 
uh, passenger locator form that everybody has to fill out, regardless actually of whether you're coming from a travel corridor or a quarantine country, sort of regardless of the status on our, our list. Uh, and not to um, declare that accurately is a criminal offence. Yeah. I and mean, it actually leads to a sort of criminal, you don't want a criminal record. I, no, I'm not, I'm not going to break, I'm not going to break the law. I'm just saying, but, in but theory, could someone your, do that? Yeah, but addressing your earlier points of, you know, cut-off points. Look, I, I I understand why people will say this. I, I, re- I absolutely do, as you say, having been caught in it myself, to myself. But the reality is that all sorts of things to do with coronavirus um, have been um, uh, cut-off points. Why is it that six people is okay, but not seven to mix with uh, socially distanced? Why is it it's okay to do this, but not that? There always has to be a moment at which a point at which, a, a, you know, a decision at which you say uh, this is the cutoff moment. And so for clarity, as well as for good reasons of administration, for example, okay. Border Force being able to actually enact this, um, you do have to have those those okay. those moments. What, what about just... people who've been on holiday in other countries and are driving through France to get home, going, going on channel ferries or, or on the Eurostar? Um, if they get in the car in Germany or Italy um, and they, you know, they lock those lock those car doors, they don't stop anywhere at all on the way and they get to the port. Do they then have to quarantine, even though they've not stepped foot in France yeah. other than in the port? That's an excellent question, actually. Um, so the, the um, guidance is, is uh, very clear and published on the website. You, anyone in that situation should definitely read it. It is the case that if you could drive notionally all the way through France from wherever you are, uh, not get out the car, not get out on the uh, on the tunnel, uh, and find yourself in England, then you don't need to quarantine. That is the case. So we had this, uh, for example, last week with Belgium, whilst France was still on the travel corridor list, and you could travel uh, if you could if you could travel through the country, tra- perhaps travel through Belgium without getting out the car, without refueling, then that is okay. So um, there's very clear uh, uh, guidance instructions, in fact. Uh, on okay. the gov.uk website on exactly what to do in those All situations. Right. And, and um, in terms of the threat of reciprocal measures from France, um, so people go, oh, well, I'll go. Maybe people who are retired and just say, look, I don't have to worry about school returning. I've not got a job to go to or I can work from home when I get back. I may as well go and take my holiday. I can't get my money back. Are those people likely to be hit by Emmanuel Macron imposing reciprocal measures? Basically, they'll be trapped in their either their holiday home or their or their hotel for two weeks, unable to leave. Yeah, their measures work when they've had them in the past work slightly differently. Um, I think that the um, it's obviously for the French to say, but I, I think that uh, in, in the friendliest possible way, they will want to make it uh, equal in both directions. I know, uh, and, uh, and, and and we understand that. And this is not a situation any of us want to perpetuate any longer. Uh, than we uh, than we need to, um, but uh, yes, you should you should be if you are that person you just described, you should be aware uh, that I think the French have indicated that that is quite likely as well. Okay, and and in terms of where else people can go, again, I, there's no point me asking you how long this is going to last because we don't know, and I know no one knows how long this is going to last, but certainly it's not just for a week or two; it's going to be for longer than that. And um, where else should we be looking at as possibly on the list? Because again, lots of people had holidays booked in Spain, cancelled those, went to France because that looked like a very safe country. Maybe a lot of people now going, oh, Italy looks safe. I think Greece, everyone was saying, was safe a few weeks ago. Now Greece is seeing their infection rate going up. Is it safe for anyone to book any holiday anywhere right now? Well, probably a staycation is the safest thing, as I've uh, discovered this year. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, having said that, um, you, you, you point to an interesting uh, issue, which is it's easier to become um, a quarantine country than it is to get out of being quarantined. So, um we have to act as soon as a country's rate gets over that critical level. 
which is what's happened in the case of France and the Netherlands, Monaco won two other places this week. Um, but to come out of that system, uh, we'll need to see uh, at least a good two or three weeks of being below the threshold and that maintaining. So the country hasn't just dipped down into it. So it does take slightly longer to come out. But uh, although I haven't added any countries this week, I did last week and, and countries do get added to the list where we can see things are under control. Um, but it is, I'm afraid, you know, this virus respects you know, no holidays it, it is uh, absolutely, as we know, relentless. And we have to, uh, I'm afraid, um, take it that there is a degree of, uh, of a risk involved in holidaying this um, summer. Uh, and let's hope that, uh, you know, we're able to do the right things okay. to keep it under control uh, here. You, I mean, you, um, got at, out, you got out of quarantine, I think, on Monday. You returned no, earlier. No, about yesterday. It was only yesterday. To be yesterday and, and, and I went straight to Scotland to see that, that to, to, to um, thank the workers who had um, the first responders and emergency services in that terrible train crash in Stonehaven. So that was my... My first. Oh, we, I saw that, saw so. the footage of that indeed. And your um and your family are they out of quarantine now? They no they 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 stayed and completed their their, their, their the holiday our holiday, um so they only came back on Saturday so they now are in quarantine whilst I'm free to leave the house. You're free to, again. You're free to leave the house even though you're with people who apparently are a danger. So should you? Yeah. So I have to keep distance from them. That is the way it works. So we are doing everything we can to be oh. in different places. These things do wonders for a marriage, Grant. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> just, just, just finally, I must ask you. I mean, obviously, the, 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 talking about the, that awful, awful train crash uh, in Aberdeenshire yesterday. Um, big concerns about whether the train should have actually been allowed to travel uh, at that time, given the fears of mudslides. Network Rail appeared to be claiming this is an issue with the. Climate change is a problem, but I mean we've had terrible storms and and uh, and and water you know, problems with water on the track and mudslides before. Is that really what could to blame, or is this? Does it look like this is actually poor judgment in that train being allowed to actually set off on that journey at that time? First of all, I went up there yesterday, and when I got there, um, was taken up in a helicopter and flew over the uh, the wreckage. And I have to say, it was something from a um, you know disaster movie, and my heart's just go out to all the friends and families of, of the three victims and the six other people who have been injured. Um, it's some, a site that I'd never want to see. And what makes it so shocking, actually, is it's a site that we've not seen in this country for a very long time. It's 13 years since we've had a derailment where any life has been lost at all. So we're not used to seeing it. But we have seen these things in the past. I represent well in Hatfield and Hatfield was a site yeah. of uh, a very significant rail accident 20 plus years ago and just down the road on the other side of me potter's bar was another uh, infamous uh, rail accident but we haven't seen those things because we've had a good safety record um so th to answer your question about you know is it flash, flash floods and it, you know how much does climate to do with it the the the, the, the rail uh, investigation um accident investigation branch uh, are up there now they've flown up to scotland they are working on this with the office of rail road and network rail are there the british transport police i don't want to preempt what's happened okay. here what i have asked network rail to do immediately is a resilience test across the whole network uh, and then a report with the interim on my desk by the first of september uh, really digging into exactly the issues you've just raised online on dab and on the talk radio app talk radio 
across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker. Talk Radio. And a regular here on Talk Radio. Good morning to you, Robert. Uh, good morning. Um, you should come to the Lake District, Julia. It's beautiful. I tell you what, if I, I, if you don't think the last two weeks haven't been spent trying to find a hotel in the UK, think again. There are there are no more hotel rooms left. I can assure you. Um, let's let's talk about the A levels. Um, Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mm. A lot of criticism of the government, a lot of those headlines, very, very critical. A lot of criticism also of teachers. If, if teachers hadn't overinflated the grades that, that kids were going to get, Ofqual pointed to one school which predicted in two subjects across the board A's and A stars, implausibly high predictions. We wouldn't be in this mess. But shouldn't Ofqual and the government have seen this coming? Well, what I think should have happened, we published a committee, select committee report, I chaired the Education Committee a few weeks ago, where we said that Ofqual should publish their computer algorithm, the so-called standardisation models. It could have been scrutiny and it could have been uh, tweaked if uh, necessary. It's clear that there are lots of problems because 40%, a significant number of students have had their grades uh, changed. And I'm concerned about uh, something I care about passionately is skills and further education. And for some reason, further education colleges seem to have been hit pretty hard by this uh, algorithm. And uh, we know also um, disadvantaged students in disadvantaged areas. But the way to solve all this, I don't think we're in a Scotland situation, is uh, what I've argued for for some weeks now is to have a proper, fairer uh, appeal system where every student can appeal, subject to the head teacher signing off, um, a, an easy appeal system that has a fast turnaround. And I think if that happened, that would make a huge difference. And that's, then everybody that's the would thing. feel they had justified grades. Yeah, because the only other option, of course, then is to take the exams in the autumn. But, but youngsters would probably, I mean, some courses apparently are letting people start in January, but lots of youngsters would miss out on their course, miss out on their place, uh, and having to start again from scratch, taking a gap year at a time when you know, there are no jobs and you can't do any travel is hardly a, a, hardly a good idea and unaffordable for, for most young people anyway. Um, 
how easy and how fast can we have an appeal system? Because there are some saying that actually the appeal system from the schools actually should have been in place before the results. They've known what they were going to do for weeks on end. Uh, they, they should have told the schools what the results are going to be in confidence and the schools being able to appeal the most egregious ones to say, look, I know we don't normally have any kids that get A grades, but this has been an exceptional child. Here are all their grades so far. Here are their GCSE results. You know, you, you, you really have marked this youngster down. They are an exception. If they'd done that, then there probably would be far fewer youngsters complaining. Well, we argued in our select committee report because uh, just up uh, over a week or so ago, you could only appeal if you could detect bias on discrimination. And I think perhaps a child of a Supreme Court judge may be able to have worked through the appeal uh, system. They have changed that now um, uh, uh, quite close to the exam day to allow appeal for mocks. But it's still not uh, each individual student is still not available, to, uh, able to appeal directly. They have to do it. Uh, through this, through the school, they'll depend on the school, and it will be based on their mock results. And some children may not have taken mocks. Yeah. Uh, some may have done mocks in some subjects and not others. So why on earth not let every pupil appeal? Of course, the head teacher has to sign it off to make sure that it's a fair uh, um, appeal and so on. But why not do that? Make have a fast turnaround. The exam boards uh, sort of need to. Uh, act quickly and and then all this will be uh, in my view solved overnight because uh, people will feel that they get the grade that they deserve yeah i mean it's not beyond the wit of man as long as you know the paperwork is submitted i mean it's, it's and should those appeals be free i definitely think they should be free because uh, we're in unprecedented circumstances i don't think that uh, because again otherwise what you'll do is you'll have an appeal system for the uh, well-heeled yeah. Um, and uh, people on uh, or schools are, who, who've got difficulties with their budgets, they just won't do it because of the cost. Yeah, and and there has been this concern. It was raised by Sir Michael Wilshire an hour ago, the officer, uh, former chief inspector, saying that you know this has hit uh, schools in disadvantaged areas and disadvantaged kids from poorer homes far more than it's hit private schools. We actually spoke to a private school head who said they'd, they'd seen a lot of their marks uh, go down. But look, you know, if you come to a private school, you're already you know privileged. I don't think we have to worry about you quite as much. But a poor kid from working class area, gone to disadvantaged school, you know, your bog standard comp and he's done really well, missing out on those grades. I think I think we're all going to feel uh, that is are the special cases. But it looks like there might be quite a lot of those special cases. Why do you think that, that, that schools in poorer areas have been hit harder? Because uh, uh, the obvious explanation to me would be that, that actually they're the ones who inflated the grades the most. But is there another explanation that's a bit more innocent? Well, there, is other, there are other reasons. So this is the problem because Ofqual refused to publish their model. A week, and they should have done this weeks ago because then everyone would have understood it. Uh, then it could have been, there could, would have been real scrutiny and it could have been changed if necessary. In some ways, Ofqual, uh, so Ofqual are more secret than the KGB. They've now published some pages, but it is absolutely ridiculous what has gone on. But there are issues. So, for example, if um, a school uh, may perhaps might have been a failing school, but then turned around in the last few months or had some very good uh, classes or cohorts, that may not have been taken into account by the so-called algorithm, um, because what the, uh, the algorithm does is look at historical uh, data. So, therefore, you might then have students unfairly have their grades uh, going down. Free schools have very recent history. They're very good schools. 
um, their grades may have been marked down by the computer, the Ofqual uh, computer. But we just don't know for sure because um, Ofqual have been so secretive about the uh, algorithm that they have done. And, and this has to be out in the open. We need to understand FE colleges have been getting better every year. And yet for some reason um, this year they have... Uh, suffered and, and yeah. don't forget it's not just A-levels it's students taking B-techs yes. uh, and other qualifications as well we shouldn't forget about those students who have been disadvantaged by all this as well Do you expect that the government will perform a U-turn? Gavin Williamson the Education Secretary spoke to him yesterday absolutely clear no they're not going to be doing a U-turn as the, uh, the Scottish government did by basically saying yeah, everyone gets the grade that they want, basic to all intents and purposes. They went with the teacher's predictions. If it was uh, higher than the grade you got, you get that. If your grade was uh, lower, uh, uh, if, if they predict something lower than, than you got, then you, you, you get to keep the higher grade. Do you think we're going to get a U-turn from the government? Well, I don't think we're as bad as Scotland, thank goodness, as compared to what's happened over there. Um, but... Uh... I, and I don't think there should... I, I do think there is a role for the regulator. There needs to be a check and balance because you have to have a national standard and grades have to have values. So I have no problem with Ofqual having a role and a special computer model. What the has to be the change is to widen hugely the appeal system so that every student feels that they can have a chance to get the grades they deserve if they feel they've been unjustly uh, treated by this uh, off-wall supercomputer. Yeah, OK, well, we shall wait and see. Robert Halfen, Chair of the Education Select Committee, Conservative MP. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. For people planning holidays, but it, it was expected, wasn't it? Well, unfortunately, um, we've been looking at the numbers of uh, cases arising in France and uh, it was only heading in one direction so it seemed just a matter of time and Julia I know for a fact that there was an enormous amount of uh, uh, rowing actually in government about when this was going to take place because um, there was a big call for saying let's make it 4am on Sunday morning because that will give all the people tens of thousands of them booked to travel back from France and other destinations on Saturday the chance to get back without quarantining. But in the end, very, very late on uh, before the announcement, it was decided, no, it's going to be Saturday. That means that it's an absolute nightmare. Yeah, um, I've been checking the latest, latest availability. I'm here at London St Pancras International. If you were hoping to travel here from um, France, then uh, from Paris, the last service is um, in about four hours' time. It's going to cost you £303 one way. I watched last night the price of the only British Airways flight from Paris to London today quadruple after the announcement was uh, made. I think there's three seats left at £400 each. Ouch. And, and again, this is on this is on top of, of course, the flights that you've already would have paid for, which you won't get your money back from, unless, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping some people can get money back um, for, for flights through their own travel insurance. But if the flights are still going... Um, whether you're going out or going back, you, you're tough. Uh, you know, you're, the airline's not entitled, not, not required to give you their money back, are they? Uh, exactly. Um, Ryanair is playing hardball. They're saying very much use it or lose it. Um, Get, or guess who I've booked flights with, Simon? Just guess. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, um, uh, British Airways saying you can take a voucher. Easy get likely to be doing the same. And normally, um, package holiday companies would immediately, the, the government puts a country on the no-go list, say, right, OK, uh, we're not running holidays, you can have all your money back. 
but there are some firms who are saying, actually, no, we think we can offer you a safe holiday in France. The fact that you don't want to quarantine for two weeks when you come back isn't our problem. And of course, uh, there's problems uh, trying to get back from Malta. No flights at all to anywhere in the UK today, I'm afraid. Um, that I, I can see uh, there are various other routings available, but you could not route yourself back via, for example, Portugal. Cheap deals there. But if you go, if you change planes in Portugal, you'll still have to quarantine. Um, uh, an absolute mess. Eurotunnel saying if you're not on the 12 noon shuttle today, then you're too late. And please don't turn up at um, Calais because we will not be able to get you on that. Uh, similar story on DFPS ferries from uh, Dunkirk and Calais and P&O from, from Calais. Yeah, I've, uh, so... I have to say I was able to alert some, some family members, some cousins of mine who were down in Biarritz, so a long way uh, from getting ferries to the UK uh, yesterday. I just texted them straight away and said, look, there's, there's going to, there's probably going to be a quarantine. If you if you need to get back, uh, you, you are going to have to make a race for it. And they, they were able to book uh, last night onto a ferry oh. left at 5am this morning. They've just texted me to say all the crossings now they're looking at from New Haven on now booked up for this afternoon and this evening so um, I'm glad I managed to get to them but this is it look there are lots of people like me who go oh I don't get to go on my holiday first world problems you know lucky me I, I was very lucky I got a break in July I booked this back in January a lot of people shouting going what were you doing you idiot booking a holiday I booked it in January it, it, I wasn't going to get my money back we may as well go um, and I thought well you know what I can work from home when I get when I when I get back so can my husband daughter miss a couple of days of school never done never missed so much as an hour of school um for any reason other than um, ill health uh, to this day but an awful lot of people affected by this to say best part of a million but also a lot of a lot of travel uh, uh you know companies affected uh people um people's jobs a lot of people who people who are going to be joining us on holiday two police officers um, they they can't afford two weeks unpaid leave when they return this has massive repercussions for people and their lives and a lot of people can't get their money back um this is this is going to be very, very upsetting for a lot of people. Uh, and and a lot of people also just don't see the point of it. Because realistically, um, lots of these people aren't going on holiday to places where there is a high rate uh, of, uh, of infection. We know in France it's around Marseille, it's Brittany, it's Paris. The rest of the country, not a problem. Well, sure. If you're going to be in some lovely tranquil village in the Dordogne, there is... Um far less chance than you would that you would contract it than you would do if you were um say in central london um <laughs> however the government is not interested one bit in having any kind of nuanced approach they just say much simpler um you're either a, a, a low risk country or a high risk country from today um france the netherlands malta uh monaco Aruba and the plucky Turks and Caicos Islands are all on that no-go list. Yeah, indeed. But again, that's not the numbers, is it? That, that mean, we know Malta, a lot of big package holidays. Spain, the numbers are huge. Uh, France, the numbers are huge. It's the large number of Brits in these countries and, and, the, and numbers of them travelling back. We know we look at, in terms of infection rates, eight, 18 out of every 100,000 in the UK. France, it's 32 and it's been climbing steadily for a couple of weeks now. Holland, it's 40 in every 100,000. Malta, it's, um, it's uh, seven. So an awful lot higher. Um, in terms of the, uh, the people who decide, and frankly, I was kind of rather 
gung-ho on this. My husband has just texted me in the last minute to say the final ruling is we're not going to go. So I'm going to have a little bit of a little tear during the news break. But but for people who do decide to go, I suppose the risk is not just quarantine when you get back. And maybe people you know like me could work from home. But also the prospect that the French could impose some sort of restrictions on you when you were on holiday in France. Now, Spain didn't do that. But France, President Macron has threatened that before. What's the state of play there? And when the UK um, brought in, to everybody's amazement, blanket quarantine um, in in June, um, France nominally imposed quarantine on British people going there. There was some note somewhere which said, oh, yeah, um, we'd really quite like you to self-isolate for two weeks if you're coming in from the UK. But it was never policed. It was never enforced. And it was, um, as far as I know, ignored by everybody who went there. Um, so it won't be serious. It will just be a, um, a tit for tat uh, thing, which will have no no force. So I wouldn't be uh, fretful of that if I were going to yeah. France uh, right now. Um, I might well, though, be uh, heading over there and settling in for a very long stay yes. because we have no idea when this quarantine ruling might be lifted. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.